It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 707 on a Saturday morning, 65 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Garden. I'm here to help you be more successful when doing whatever you want to do in your lawn, in your landscape, with your houseplants, with your bug control. If you need a way to solve your problem, whether it's organic, synthetic, totally weird and crazy questions, it doesn't matter. Either way, I will entertain them right here. 404-872-0750. Or you can Twitter me, tweet me at AskWalter, hashtag AskWalter. If you have a Twitter account, you can see pictures on there of the big menacing insect that Ashley helped me to put on yesterday on my Twitter account as well. And uh, by the way, while you're on Twitter, you might as well follow Ashley Frasca, one of the most entertaining and informative traffic troopers in Atlanta, the mistress of traffic in Atlanta, Ashley Frasca WSB. Follow her and you'll get all the details on how the traffic is being affected by the bridge collapse. Charles is in Gainesville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Charles, good morning. Good morning, and thank you, and I hope, hope that you're doing well. Doing well. How can I help, Charles? I have a cherry tree in the front yard, and it, we've always enjoyed it. The birds get to the cherries before we do. But uh, anyway, in looking at it yesterday or a couple of days ago, I noticed that one of the trunks coming out of the ground it looks all wet, and it's bleeding sap. Oh. And a lot of the tree, a lot of it, not all of it, but uh, the upper limbs are not producing any kind of uh, blooms or flowers or anything on them. Wow. And the other the other trunks that are coming out of the ground that are really adjacent to it are very dry looking. Do mm. I need to cut that piece down? Do you happen to remember which cherry you have, Charles? No, we bought the house a number of years ago and it was already here, so I, I do not know. I, I know that it's a very pretty tree and the birds mm. love, love the fruit. Okay. The reason I'm asking is because the fruiting cherries are generally not recommended for much of any of Georgia other than the mountains where it gets cold in the wintertime and does not warm up and fluctuate during the uh, winter because uh, that is what causes cherry failure pretty often. Really? And I just, when people say, can I plant a cherry, my usual answer is no, don't plant a cherry, it's too much trouble. Um, but you've had one in Gainesville, a little bit north, and so the weather a little more conducive for cherry, but I think finally after these several years, the cherry has succumbed to stressors yet to be named that <laughs> cause it to thin out. Hey, you want my real answer, Charles? It's going to be cut it down. It's the whole going to be, thing or just, just yeah. the dead part? How many, how many leaves does it have on the good part? Oh, I'd say there's probably, let's say a third of the limbs have leaves. Otherwise, it's bare. Charles, Charles, cut it, cut down. it down. Cut it down. Cut okay. your losses. But leave the other two that are coming out of the ground that appear to be okay? If they appear to be okay and seem to be fully leafed out, at least you have foliage to enjoy and yeah. a little bit of shade and you know ornament from the leaves and that sort of thing. You may never have any cherries to eat. The birds and the weather may take care of that. But, uh, yeah, the bad part, cut it down, and the good part, leave it alone until that turns bad, and then you know what to do with it, too. Okie doke, then. Right. Well, listen, thank you very much, and you have a great day, and hope you get feeling better. Thanks, sir. Okay. Practical answers to any question. Many times the practical answer is 
Just get rid of it. Get out of here. If you have a question about that, of course, 404-872-0750. Tom is that, or I say Tommy is up in Hillsboro and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Tommy, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's up? Uh, I've got a five-gallon bucket full of muscadinas cutting cuttings, and I got them back in February, stuck them in a bucket of water. Yeah. I've got leaves. Is there any chance that those things will root? Mm, why didn't you talk to me in February, Tommy? Well, I usually work on Saturdays, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Get, <laughs> it's going to be tough. How long are the cuttings? How how long is each one of those cuttings you made? Uh, probably two to three foot long. Yeah. They're not going to root successfully being that long. You can, a lot of times, get muscadine cuttings to root if they're about six to eight inches maybe long and stick them in water or better stick them in damp sand mm-hmm. that's a possibility but the best way in the world to make a muscadine propagate itself is to take one of the long whips that grew on it last year and bury most of it under the ground and it will sprout it'll make roots underground and the end that has uh, leaves on it peeking out the end will grow eventually pretty long and then in the fall you cut off the connection to the main plant you got a nice rooted cutting there you can move it to the rest of the yard you got muscadines but taking cuttings as you've described is i'd give you 10 percent chances of success it's not going to work that well it's too long it's too long it'll support for a little while as you've seen it'll support the growth of the leaves on there but there's just not enough hormones to send back down to say make some roots down here at the other cut end that's not going to happen easily okay so i guess i'll need to start over next year start over next year or look around i wait 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 tommy i have an idea for you you have access to this vine right you can get to it pretty easily Go around the vine and take your shovel and do a little excavation until you found some roots from that muscadine grape that are about as big as your little finger, about a three-eighths of an inch to a half an inch in diameter. And excavate one of those roots, pull it out of the ground, and chop it off. Cut it into lengths about six inches long and make a little trench. Make a little trench, not very deep, an inch or two maybe, and lay those pieces in that trench, pat the dirt over the top, keep it moist. If it is sort of semi-sunny there, many times those little root cuttings will give a little sprout. By June or maybe July, the little root cutting will give a sprout, and then you may have two or three or four little muscadines there sprouted in the trench. Try that. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for your time. Next time. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Tom. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Dan, Brother Dan in Chambly, Georgia, joining us on Lawn and Garden. Danny, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Have a question about squash vine borers. The heartbreak of yep. squash vine borers. Exactly. Uh, do they attack cantaloupes? Not as readily as the zucchini and yellow squash, but they can attack cantaloupe and watermelons, too. All right. So it would be worth the effort to uh, try to prevent them on the cantaloupes. Yes, it would. All right. Very good. I will do that. What are you going to do? Okay, I, here's what I do on my cucumbers, and it works really well. Um, I coat the stem with Vaseline <laughs> and then dust it with seven. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Dan, that'll work. That'll it work does. fine. Yeah, sure. I, I get beautiful cucumbers, and I, I just love cucumbers and yeah. discovered this a few years ago, and 
so proud of my little garden full of cucumbers. And that'll work fine. Another way, and I may add your way to my little tips, practical tips for how to do it, but another way um, is to take the what's called floating row cover or frost cloth you can buy from nurseries yep. and put that over the young plants until they bloom. And it'll be ooh, another month before they really bloom very much. Yep. And so you can leave the floating row cover on top and anchor to the sides, which keeps the moth from coming in yep. and laying her eggs on the stem. Yeah, well, I actually cheat a little bit. I start the cucumbers indoors and plant those out, and then a couple weeks after that, plant some in the soil, and I get cucumbers up until September. Man, that's great. You're doing great, Dan. Thanks for giving me that tip, too. Good deal. Thank you so much. You bet. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Dan's place. Nick's out in Dawsonville and joins us. Hey, Nick, good morning. Hey, Walter. How are you? I'm all right. What's up? Well, um, I've got lizards on the in my front yard, and my septic tank overflowed. Yeah. And I've got weeds coming up everywhere. <laughs> and I went to Home Depot and bought some stuff that says safe for long. Okay. Well, then I had a few guys tell me that you can't use just anything in that solution. Oh, wait a minute. You're fading out on me, though. You can't use anything what? They, they said you can't use just anything. Um that just says safe for lawns on that Georgia. I didn't know if that was true or not. Well, if it says safe for lawns, it's safe for lawns. Well, that's what I thought. What was the What's the product you have? It's called. Um, it's called Image. Yeah. If it says now, what lawn grass are you growing? Because the label also on the Image product says what it can and cannot be used on. It cannot be used on fescue lawns. Okay. Uh-huh. So do you have a fescue lawn there, Nick? No, it's zoysia. Okay. Zoysia you can use as long as the zoysia isn't sort of in that transition between green and brown, or brown and green right now. So most zoysia has greened up pretty well, and the image for nutgrass, as it says on the label, will control um, bluegrass. It'll control fescue that's in your zoysia lawn. It'll control several broadleaf weeds. It controls onions. Do it like the label says. Use that concentration, and you'll get some success. Oh, All right. thank you, sir. Read that label with your smart man to know and listen to your friends, and then read the label afterward, Nick, so you know exactly what it says it will and won't do, and which grass it can and perhaps cannot be used on. In the next half hour, Jan has her autumn ferns, but they are wilting. Why would they be wilting, Jan? Charlie in Roswell says he has white flies and needs to get rid of white flies naturally. Josh in Sandy Springs has a clementine orange tree. Will it fruit? We'll figure all of that out after this. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, a highs in the 80s. Very nice day. Warm this afternoon. Slight chance of rain today. Much bigger chance of rain tomorrow. Overnight lows are in the 50s. And tomorrow, high in the high 60s. So much cooler tomorrow than it is today. But your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Don't forget, this is Earth Day. And you can plant things. Your Pike Nursery certainly will have all the opportunities for planting things. As well as celebrating Lady bug day this weekend with a purchase any purchase you get a little bag of 120 130 little ladybugs you can bring home to your garden release them tonight and they can eat the aphids in your garden Char- charlie 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 is out in uh where roswell yeah hey charlie morning good morning walter how are you i'm doing fine charlie how can i help 
Thanks for taking my call. When I water the rosemary in my garden, mm-hmm. a plume of small white flies comes up, almost like pig pen out of the Charles <laughs> Brown strip. A good description of what white, white flies look like. Nice. And I need to get rid of them without uh, putting any harmful chemicals uh, near my tomato plants. Sure. Uh, insecticidal soap is a good alternative. White flies are small, tender. It will take persistence. You can't just spray once and they'll all be gone. But with once a week or so, you'll knock down the population pretty quickly, I think, in about a month. What's what's the best time of the day to do that? Evening, when they're back on the leaves, when they have no way to escape, where they're not fixating on other things to go and land on, you know, during the day, they can go find other places to land. If you just disturb your rosemary plant, your tomatoes, just a little bit, all the white flies fly up and they go somewhere else and then they come back. And you want to get the insecticidal soap in direct contact with the body of the bug. And so the time to get that done is in the dusk when the white flies won't go anywhere and where they have to get the spray on them. And the, by the way, I'm talking about commercial insecticidal soap, not any kind of crazy internet dish detergent and beer and stuff like that. No, we got the commercial stuff. That works. I can do it. Thank you, sir. Alright, good talking to you. Charlie, we got, who's coming up next? We got the pecan tree person coming up. Ed, and Nolly's coming up next. Pecan tree's not bearing and wants to know why that is. Tony up in Beaufort wants to know why the weeds around his chain link fence keep growing and what can we do about that. It's 728. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 735 on a Saturday morning, 65 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. You can help. You can let me help you by calling at 404-872-0750. Let us do the weekend prize pack. Ashley Frasca will go to the computer and come up with a random number between two and seven, which will determine who wins a pair of a pair of just released tickets, I should say, to Billy Joel, the first concert ever on April 28th at SunTrust Park. SunTrust Park produced by Live Nation, plus a pair of tickets to see Neil Diamond, April 30th at Phillips Arena, produced also by Live Nation. All right, Billy Joel at SunTrust Park, April 28th, Neil Diamond, April 30th at Phillips Arena. Ashley, some lucky person gets to go to two big concerts. I think I want a winner over the age of 40, and they can be caller number four. <laughs> caller number four, if you're over 40, 404-741-0750. Of course, you're welcome to lie to Ashley to tell her how old you are. 404-741-0750. Fourth caller wins our weekend prize pack. Jan is in Milledgeville, and Jan joins us on the Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jan, good morning. Good morning. Glad okay. to have you return my call. Thank you, dear. How um, can I help? We, we moved to Milledgeville a while back, maybe six months ago, and during that time we planted uh, a group of autumn ferns, and they have been just beautiful. I mean, they've grown so well and done beautifully. Nice. And now all of a sudden, within the last maybe several weeks or so, maybe a month at the most, they're, they're starting to turn brown, and the fronds are you know, turning brown and I don't know. We're not familiar with autumn ferns, so we don't really know if, mm. what this might be an indication of, if anything. I mean, maybe it's what they do at this time. I don't know. Now, when you say brown, you're obviously meaning 
brown, crunchy crispy. brown, dead brown, not the bronze brown, color that they have mm -hmm. the bronze the color of the ferns that come up and look really awesome right now, but that's not what you have. No, no. Hmm. You know, this would be worth a go out and dig them up and see what's going on with the roots. Is it a place that got not enough water, too much water, something's going on with the root system of those autumn ferns because they are hardy, they're easy to transplant. The only thing that can hurt them badly is just being dried out after planting. That's the only thing I can think of, Jane. Uh, well, the, the one thing that is, is true, but uh, although I did test the soil around them, uh, they're, they're in a location near where my husband has planted grass this spring, mm -hmm. and he's watering that grass every day, literally, because we're trying to get it to grow. Yeah. And I think they're getting that water, not, maybe not all of it, but a fair amount. So yeah. I'm wondering if too much water. But the, the soil around them doesn't seem soggy. It seems dry. Dig one up and find out. That's the best right. way to find out. If it's soggy, then you'll know. If it's not soggy, you'll know too. And let's have a consult with your husband there. What kind of grass did you plant, and what is he watering so often? Right. It's um, well. It turned out to be ryegrass. We the home we moved into had no lawn. It's just weeds. So we're trying to do anything to get something looking. And it, it is looking good right now. But I realize that's not going to be forever. I think right. that ryegrass dries dies out or something, yeah. doesn't it? It dies yeah. out in um, in the next couple of weeks. It'll start turning yellow and petering out. So now what are you going to do after that then, Jan? That's a good, a good question. As I say, <laughs> uh, this home was not lived in for quite a while and right. nothing was done. No, no care was taken. And we were told maybe centipede because we have a lot of uh, trees and things. Mm -hmm. And, and I, don't think, I don't think fescue grows in the Milledgeville area. None of the people that seem to know yeah. said no, no fescue. Is it a full sun lawn area? Lots no, of sun? No, it's not. It's, it's, but it's a fair amount of sun. I don't think we could do the Bermuda that we had in our other home, but um, it's a fair amount of sun. And as I say, the two that seem to be popular here are Centipede and St. Augustine. That's what people mm -hmm. have told us. What about zoysia grass? Well, wouldn't that be wonderful? I'd love to have zoysia. I don't know if um, there would be enough sun there to maintain. Uh, if there's not enough sun for zoysia, there's not enough for St. Augustine either. Oh, boy. Or Centipede. What do we do? <laughs> we learn to love mulches and big wide beds full of native plants and maybe not so much lawn as you expected and lawn in the sunny parts and mulch in the shady parts. But if there is if it is if it does get a fair amount of sun you do feel that we could do zoysia? I know you could. I know it'll survive there now whether or not you and your husband can actually get it to germinate and come up out of the ground that's up to y'all to decide but exactly. um, the ryegrass is going to disappear and frankly I wouldn't waste the water on it. Waste the, If you're going to use water use the water to keep the zoysia seeds if that's what you decide or centipede right. um, to be moist as they germinate because it does take two two or three weeks anyway for a centipede or zoysia seeds to germinate in which time you have to keep them moist or they will dry up and die but uh, it, but you said we could do centipede you can do centipede, centipede seed like i'm not sure you're going to have enough sunshine though i think zoysia might be a little better adapted to that mixed sunshade that you have okay so zoysia might be the best choice but forget watering the, the the what we've got because it's going to die soon. It's going to die soon. No sense chasing that ryegrass down to the grave. It's not going to come back. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for those tips. All right, Jan. All right. Bye-bye. You bet. You bet. 404-872-0750 gets you in in Jan's slot. Josh is out in Sandy Springs, and Josh joins us on Lawn and Garden. Josh, good morning. Hi, hey, man. Hi. Uh, I have a... Uh, a tree that I bought, or more like a little shrub at a plant sale. The guy told me he grew it from a clementine seed. Wow. I bought it about a year ago. 
and it was a couple of inches, and now it's probably, I don't know, maybe almost three feet tall. I've been fertilizing it and taking it in and out during the winter. Right. And um, it looks very healthy, but it doesn't have any flowers on it, and I'm wondering if hmm. it's ever going to have any fruit. Possibly. <laughs> you know, a lot of times in my, in my brain, I guess, Josh, I'm thinking, what are the chances that this guy can do whatever thing he or she wants to do? And I sometimes take bets in my brain, hmm, mm -hmm. and for Josh, I'm going to go 50-50, all right? Because okay. clementines have to be larger than yours is now, certainly. They need to be probably four to five feet tall, really thickly leafed out before they'll bloom and put fruit on. And you have the in and out, in and out, in and out, which you've already dealt with for the past uh, season. So... I'm giving you 50% odds because it just depends on how obsessive you are. If you're really obsessive, mm -hmm. yes, you'll have fruit. If you're sort of lackadaisical and you leave it out one night when the frost comes, then no, you will not have fruit. You'll have a dead clementine. So, you decide, Josh. Okay, I think I'll, I think I'll win. I took it out all, all winter, so I just keep doing it. For another year, I guess. Yeah, and now you can leave it outside. And my, I have my Meyer lemon um, underneath an umbrella on my patio. I took it out. To, it's been three weeks easily now. And I will move it maybe this weekend. I'll move it out into more full sun so it gets a lot more sunshine. It'll get lots of leaves on it. And I encourage you to gradually move your clementine into more full sun, too, for the summertime anyway. So it has all those leaves. I will do that. Thank right. you very much. Good luck with it, Josh. Report back. If you win the okay, bet, you've got to report back with a picture or an account and tell us what, what, what went on. Will do. All right. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you then. It's 743. That gives uh, Tony a turn. Tony's in Buford, Georgia. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? All right. What's up? Uh, thanks for taking my call, first of all, and have a blessed day. Thanks, hey, sir. Hey, uh, I live out here in Wander. I, was, I, was, I just moved out here from Buford. And I bought a house, and it's got a chain-link fence on a three-quarter acre, my backyard. Yeah. And the previous tenants weren't living there, or the previous owners weren't living there. They were building a house, so they were staying with relatives where they were building their house. And so they just cut the grass. They didn't really keep it off the fence. So now it's done got out of hand on the fence. It's about 18 inches, roughly, you know, growing up in the chain-link. Yeah. And I was wanting to know, I know I can't. I'd take a mile of weed-eater cord to try to get it off. <laughs> So yeah. I was wondering if you knew of anything. I could just spray it and just kill it on my fence. You know, I don't care if it kills it at the bottom where it's yeah. growing on the fence. I'd like to keep it killed right there, really. Sure. Why not Roundup? Roundup does that. It kills the, whatever it touches, and you just have a little narrow stream, and you keep your nozzle right down close to the ground and just spread it right at the base of the fence, and whatever okay. it touches, the Roundup kills. Okay. All right. And another question. All right. So... I got that old Georgia grass that just got this pretty spot here about 18 inches <laughs> diameter and some weedy-looking grass and yeah. another pretty patch. And with Any suggestions on how to get it consistent? Yeah, we got to figure out what you have. That, you that Georgia grass doesn't do a lot for me now, Tony. What that is. Well, it's, it's just real patchy grass. Now, it's full, but it's, you can tell that maybe it's just different types of grass. Yeah. Dandelions and yeah. stuff like that. I, what we have to do, Tony, is figure out which grass is the dominant grass that you think looks so good. And if you don't know what that is, then I can't really tell you what to do to make it better. If it were fescue, that's one cultural you know, calendar. Do you, know you know of any grass that grows good up here in Wander that I could just spread on it? Is it full sun or full shade or what? Oh, I get I, my front of my house gets my front lawn gets a uh, half day uh, sun. And the back gets uh, 
the rest of the day sun. But it's, it's, it's pretty much the whole yard's in the sun all day, just not direct sunlight. All right. I don't want to beat the zoysia grass to death here, but zoysia is a good grass. It can be seeded. It can be planted right now. And it does okay in mottled sunshade sort of situations. Okay. Zoysia. All right. But the key, I've said it three times. I'll say it one more time. you got to keep it moist for the first three weeks. It will dry up in a heartbeat. And so plan oh. to be out there every day with your sprinkler, making sure the ground stays a little moist. Right at the top half inch or so stays moist. It doesn't have to be soggy at all. But don't let that zoysia dry out. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate it, and you have a blessed day, all right? Hey, Tony, thanks so much for calling. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Whew. Gracious, lots of calls in there. We have lots of calls this morning. Springtime comes and everybody has a garden. Don't forget, if you do not get your question answered today and you still have things you want figured out, you go to my website, walterreeves.com, and you can search on the search line for just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles that I've written about lawns, about flowers, about shrubs, about trees. You can uh, see the first article on the page is about pollinators. It is so important that we plant flowers that attract pollinators these days. Not only honeybees, but many of the native bees that we have around the uh, southeast. There's oh, 500 and some native bee species that do pollination without us even thinking about it, without us knowing about it because they're so small. But we plant pollinator-friendly plants, flowers mostly, and uh, that will make your garden and the landscape and everything else happy. Today is Earth Day after all, so planting a pollinator-friendly garden would be a good thing to do. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden, but we'll be back right after this. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, the high will be in the 80s. Tomorrow, the high only in the high 60s. Overnight, we've got about the 50s like it is right now. Well, right now it's 64 degrees. We're around 59 degrees overnight. Big chance of showers tomorrow. So if you need some gardening done, get it done today. And then enjoy the rain tomorrow if it comes, which it probably will. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. David is in Buford, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, David, good morning. Good morning, sir. Hey, how can I help? I've got a, I think I got a strange one for you. I've got. I want to uh, plant uh, some raspberries, yeah. uh, thornless raspberries, and blackberries in a raised bed. But I know they propagate through runners, and I want to know if I want to keep these things separate and down to a manageable level. How deep in the ground do I need to go to prevent the runners, and how far above the ground do I need to go to prevent the runners from spreading across? I rarely see them any deeper than eight inches, maybe, maybe ten, but not often. Most of the times the runners are right two or three inches below the soil surface, and they're just you know poking out two feet away from my, my main blackberry or raspberry plant. So whatever barrier or raised bed walls you have, I would say down to six inches deep and six inches above ground. They're not going to grow above ground very much at all. It's all within the first couple of inches. Okay. That's, uh, that's what I needed to know so I can keep them segregated and keep them down to a manageable level. <laughs> a lot of people out there wondering why I keep them segregated. And you have learned, David, that those raspberries do want to go in places where they're not particularly wanted. Uh, they spread pretty rapidly. So what kind of raspberry did you, did you buy? I've, I've got a thornless raspberry. I just found it at Pike's okay. and uh, tried it. And it's now in the ground in a thicket that is... Uh, it, it started out as one plant, and it's now mm, probably eight feet by eight feet. Yeah. 
Uh, but Roundup is going to take care of that. Do you have an arbor or something you're training the canes up onto? Uh, that's what I need to do also on this raised bed. Is yeah. would you write with a uh, PVC uh, pipe up? Mm, they're going to be as vigorous as a raspberry or blackberry can be. I would rather it be four by four posts and the wire between them. On my beds, the wire is about every so it's twelve inches above the ground, then about twenty four, then about thirty six. So about every foot, uh, you put a wire and then you can sort of weave the canes in and out. And it's pretty easy to pick and manage if you have the wires and the posts. But the wooden posts, I think, do better than PVC. Okay. Thank you very much. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750. Or if you get it in in the next hour, you can tweet, if you have a Twitter account, at AskWalter, hashtag AskWalter. And don't forget, today is Ladybug Day. Today is Earth Day. But Ladybug Day at all pike nurses with purchase. Get a little bag of ladybugs to put out into your garden this evening so they'll stick around and eat some aphids and hopefully lay some eggs, which is what you really want to happen because it's the baby ladybugs that eat all the aphids. Now, if you don't know what a baby ladybug looks like, it does not look at all like the beetle ladybird, lady beetle that you're familiar with. It looked like a little orange and black alligator. An orange and black alligator is what baby lady beetles look like. Look, go online to see a picture if you want to. But that is startling to some people to know that bug that they thought was a pest is actually the baby lady beetle which you want to have in your garden. It's 7.58. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.